welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, we are back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast. This week we're going the blues rock route with Chris's pick. It's the Black Crows classic album, Shake Your Money Maker. It's the debut, guys. What do y'all think? Y'all ready to do this? I'm ready. Anthony, let's hear your your words of wisdom this week. Uh, Shake Your Money Maker. It's time for the Audible Ecstasy podcast. I was going to say twice as hard, but I haven't been twice as hard since I was 18. So, <laughs> Jesus, All right, so the black got to drop the E on this explicit podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> we have already screwed this That's one. good, though. I, like, I actually like that better, to be honest. Yeah, it is. It is. It is classic. It's, it's actually a good move, and I apologize for mocking you. So what happens right. when you get to be 40. And happy birthday to Chris. Who just turned? Oh, yes, yes, sir. Who just We're turned? Celebrating a 49. podcast on his birthday. <laughs> yes, right, we, we we start going back one year away from the big one, guys. Yep, <laughs> during that one. Oh my god, <laughs> we all going there. Come on now. We're almost half a we century. Hope yes. Hopefully, that's the there. Or it's better than the alternative. Right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you. Lord. All right. Well, guys, I say we get this thing a rocking and hit it up with the first track. It's called Twice as Hard. guitar man i love that slide guitar in this song i love everything about it um i mean this one hits you right in the face right off the bat it's an incredible way to start an album for this is you gotta think about this guys this is the debut album from these guys in 1990 i think it was yeah 1990 and um holy crap if this doesn't get the blood flowing 
for a rocking album, nothing will. I think everything about it's outstanding. Vocally, this is one of those ones vocally that took me a little bit to get into because at the time when this came out, it was, you know, I was obviously still, I was huge into metal and this was just something a little bit different, a different taste. And I got this thinking it was going to be pretty groovy and um, it turned out to be an influential album in my musical taste early on. And uh, one little hint before we get started, as you guys probably remember, my house burned down when I was a senior in high school. I lived in a hotel for about two and a half months and, uh, there was about four or five albums that was on continuous play for me back in those days on the Walkman. This was one of them. <laughs> the Walkman. Jane's Addiction, Ritual Daylo, Habitual, a Garth Brooks album, and, and Justice for All. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> wow. So I listened to this a lot because I didn't have a lot left. You know, all my all my stuff was gone. So we just had a, you know, we started over. Yeah. Because the Walkman so. was a cassette tape. <laughs> Back in the day, yeah, so I had cassettes. Had I, five I cassettes. I didn't have this. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even a disc man. It yeah, was wasn't the disc man at that oh, year. Damn, yeah. Jimmy. Well, I didn't get a disc man until I think after Christmas that year. So, so I got one in the nineties. I think early nineties or something. Well, I got it for Christmas because my mom realized most of my stuff was destroyed and gone. So hey, nonetheless, this thing's a ten. It's iconic. Sorry, I got off track, but I just wanted to say this is an influential album in my musical taste these days. So, Chris, what do you think about it? Hit it. Yeah, it's a fantastic way to start this album. You know, that's a good point about this being 1990. When you think about what was popular in 1990, it wasn't blues rock like this. These guys kind of like blazed their own trail in, in a world full of hair metal at the time, honestly. And that's that's pretty impressive. And, man, they stand out so much from the pack. Uh, you know, I love the riffs and the guitar tone that, uh, that Rich uh, Robinson has on this album. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris's vocals are fantastic. It's fin- you know, it's I have a brother named Rich, by the way. Chris and Rich, these brothers on this album. I, I just put that together last night. I was, I, That's funny. I was like, wow, look at that. But uh, yeah, man, I, I know this was a single. I feel bad. You gave it a 10. I got a feeling Anthony's going to give it a 10. I don't. I think there's three on here that are 10s. I don't oh, think this is one. Really? But I am going to say this. I think this song is better than a couple of the tens I am going to give tonight. I love this song. I, I'm going to give it a nine and a half, but man, it's, it's a fantastic song. I just, Dang. it doesn't feel like one that, that you hear on the radio all the time. You know, of course you don't hear any of these all the time anymore, <laughs> but you do hear them on classic rock. Sometimes some of these other songs, just not this one as much. So I'm gonna give it a nine and a half. Hey, fair enough. Anthony, but I love you, it. What do you think about twice as hard? You know, you were mentioning something about how they came out in the early nineties. They got the Tesla syndrome. They dropped in the wrong time. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I was they thinking did. they did drop week. in the wrong time. Tesla is one yeah, of those bands, right. too. They dropped in the wrong time. They should have been dropped in the 70s. These guys probably should have been dropped in the 70s, too. I mean, they've got that sound. So they probably been. Oh, like, they had that look, too, yeah. man. Yeah. No, definitely. So I, yeah. I was thinking that they this week did. that that was just that one band is they're like them. So, but yeah, man, I love how this song comes in with that bluesy guitar. The song itself is fantastic and no complaints. Love the sound of it. Great groove and vibe. Number six in concert with 809 plays. It's a big one for him. Uh, I gave it a nine. I'm, I was waffling on nine to ten on this one myself. And I, I'm not sure. Even it's sixth in concert. I'm not sure uh, Wow. that it's a ten. I just, there's a few in here I knew were tens. I know this song, but I was trying to be a little more critical on my tens this week instead of just dropping tens. Well, you I, know, and I get that. Listen, I, I will say this. For a band like this, they play this song probably every single night, just so yeah. y'all know. I think, don't they open with this song? I don't know. 
Uh, well, they did on the latest tour, which was this album. This album, right, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, just because they play it every night, I don't think that makes it iconic. Oh, I think dude, I just love the way this sounds. It's I iconic it for them. Yeah, we, yeah we've had ass. this before. I don't think it's iconic in the music world, though. Eh, so. You know, fair enough. I just saw it as a. It was my eye-opening experience to him, and I thought, my God, it has stuck with... I mean, I can remember the opening riff right off the bat. Bam, bam. You know, I'm like, whoa. I know what I'm getting ready to get into. And then it kicks into gear. I love that. All right, I nonetheless, do, fair enough. I do have a, one little bit fanboy. of, one little bit of song stop facts fanboy. on this one. No, there wasn't ahead, a bunch man. of song Let's facts on all, all these songs. There's like three. Um, but it's just interesting. This plays back into something that happened to me this week as well as wanting to get into it. Uh, the Black Crows have been compared with the Rolling Stones because of their sound rich robinson plays guitar on this and many other songs and open g tuning keith richards of the stones is known for this tuning as well on songs like start me up brown sugar and can't you hear me knocking and the funny little story to go along with that is i was playing this this week and my wife thought it was the stones she did not know it was the black crows until i told her it was the black crows so i thought and then i read the song facts and i was like wow that's kind of crazy wow. that, you know they deliberately did a little stone stuff in their stuff. So and they, I can hear, I can hear Mick Jagger doing a lot of these songs too. So I can hear it in their music. Yeah. I mean, I, it thinks it's style. I'm not sure Chris Robinson sounds anything like No, Mick but Jagger, I can see but, Mick but Jagger the, primping around to these kind of songs on stage. She, I can see him well, doing like jealous I, again and stuff in concert and, well, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely Chris Robinson would prance around on stage like this. If you guys have seen his videos, oh, seen he it. prances around like Mick Jagger. So <laughs> yeah. there's no denying. And Jagger's, I, I was doing like last, Jagger. Jagger's 78. He's still last, prancing around. So <laughs> I watched a video last night from uh, this tour that was like a month ago. And he's got this umbrella. He's He's got a big old oh, hat and then big umbrella. He's like, <laughs> it's like, what is he doing? But man, they sound really good in that video. I mean, still to this day, they sound great live. So They're a great band. That's that's You know what? And I, just so you know, I, I I went back and did some of the similar stuff there, Chris. Nobody's original in the band except for these two guys. That's sad. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what happened. I don't know. I didn't dig mm, in that much Keyboard player it, overdosed from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, the drummer's gone. The bassist is gone. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I don't think it's, they're dead, but I think it's just time, man. Time catches up to us. I think all. the only guy that died was a keyboard player. <laughs> yeah, right, right. All right, well, let's move us forward as we're getting somber. Let's go to track number two. It's called Jealous Again.
jealous again. I'm actually scared to say my rating because I don't know what the hell's going to happen. But nonetheless, <laughs> I love that blues rock guitar shuffle. That sound is just perfect. Um, this one's easy to sing along with, easy to get into. I think the guitar tone is outstanding. Um, and the backing vocals actually bring this song alive. That high-pitched backing vocals that is there, if you listen to it in headphones, you can clearly hear it. I think it's I think it's an outstanding song. Jesus, I hope this is one of the ones that's their top players because I love it. I gave it a ten. I think it's iconic. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> hit it. Yeah, what do you think about a, Gels again? <laughs> well, this was a pretty big hit for these guys. If y'all okay, recall back okay. in the day, All right. uh, there's a lot of swagger to this song, and I love the way the the piano comes in on this and, and mixes with the rest of the band. They do that very well in in a lot of songs on here tonight. That, keyboard player again it's uh you know i said he overdosed uh, he I, I read i read between the lines a little bit they never did a feel reveal a cause of death for the guy I don't even have his name written down and i apologize for that but uh he uh at an interview with another guy in the band they basically said well we lost touch but i heard he overdosed that kind of thing so i was like okay well that's that's that crazy sense. lost touch oh man that's awful i, I think there's a lot of people have Come, come through, and you, you remember the brothers had a lot of issues. They broke up for a long time. There was one point when I think Rich said, "I don't even have a brother anymore." I mean, like, <laughs> dude, oh, so yeah, like they've that's happened. They've twice. been through it. Yeah. It's kind of like the Oasis guys, you know. They just love hate relationship. Back on track with this song. Yeah, I agree, Jimmy. It's a ten. It's definitely iconic. It's one of those that you think of when you think of these guys, and it's on the radio even to this day. Some on these, you know, these old Southern rock type channels and stuff. So. That's awesome. Awesome. All right, Anthony, what do you think about Jealous Again? Well, you guys are right on the 10 mark. It's an iconic song. It was It's number one all-time in concert with 1,147 plays. According to Wikipedia, it reached number 75 on the Hot 100, number five on the mainstream rock charts. So, pretty big song. Um, and it's another solid blues rock song that works from start to finish. It's got a great groove and vibe like the last one. Really digging it. Like that tinkling piano scattered throughout, too. There's a great little breakdown around the 245 mark that really stood out to me. It's solid stuff, man. I I give it a 10 easily. It's it's one of the ones that I had no problems. Number one in concert, big hit, easy 10. <laughs> Excellent. I didn't realize it was number one. That makes sense because this is a killer, a, a killer 10. Killer 10, that's all I can say. All right, yeah. well, let's go to track number three. It's called Sister Luck.
So sister luck. This is as weird as it sounds. It's 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 one of it's one of those unfortunate situations you're coming off of two incredible songs. It does not live up to those two songs. However, it doesn't mean it's a bad song. I think at first I was going to say it's, it kind of drones on, but it's not what it is. It's just I don't know. It's I think it's more of a heartfelt type song coming from uh I guess is it excuse me, is it uh I don't even know what it's about. I just know that um, it seems like somebody's down on their luck, and I like the way it riffs. I enjoy the um, – I, I do love the I love the guitar in this one, too. I didn't want to go crazy on it. I think it's somewhere between very good and great. I'm at a seven and a half. Chris, what do you think about Sister Luck? Just record what you said and just play it again for mine. It's, uh, <laughs> it's almost identical, same score and everything. Uh, yeah, I was like, this is one of the bluesier songs on the album, and you know, I'll, I'm a big fan of the blues rock. This, this is this leans harder to blues than it does rock, at least in the first half of the song. Right. It does kind of drag at the beginning, but it takes off for about halfway through. Right when I kind of captured it there, it just kind of takes off, and that's my favorite part of the song. I think Chris's vocals are spot on. It fits that blues rock vibe they've got going perfectly. It's just a mournful, soulful kind of quality to his voice that that really helps. Yeah, solid tune, not as good as the first two, seven and a half. Fair enough. Anthony, what what about you? What do you think about Sister Love? I mean, I'd said it's a, it's another solid song with no flaws. I like the sound of it. Just a nice, mellow, smooth, I can't talk this word, smooth, mellow groove. Uh, band sounds fantastic. I gave it an eight. It's a great song. 18th cool. all time with 368 plays. So not a big song for them in concert, but... Um, it's a solid tune, man. Wow. I gave it an eight. I think it's great. So, well, with them playing this album in its entirety, I'm assuming that's probably what's brought it up because, uh, you know what I mean. I, I would imagine this is a band that does a what twelve to fifteen song set nightly, nor on normal probably on normal records, if they open on normal or tours, if uh, opener or not. <clears> so, yeah, but some of these songs are pretty long. Well, a few of them are pretty long. You know, anything when you get over that five minute mark, yeah. Uh, you, you kind of got to be careful. We're not talking Metallica stuff, like the nine minute stuff, but you know, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm curious. I had this thought: the uh, these guys broke up, and Chris <laughs> Robinson had his own band. I'm assuming he played a lot of the Black Crow songs when. Oh yeah, I'm so sure he did. That may not be accounted for in this playlist right. if you just looked at the Black Crows and didn't pull in some of the right. other. Yeah, some of these bands that they were associated. Some with. of these bands, I, I get, still wouldn't. I wouldn't count it though, Chris. Honestly, because it's okay. not the Black Crows' yeah. performance. You know what I'm saying? Some of these bands um, they faction off. There was like a was it Jack Russell's Great White at one point in time, and a Great White, and then Jeff yeah, Tate's yeah, Queen yeah, Strike and a Queen Strike, and you know, yes. Halloween right now has three singers because they've had three singers throughout their career, and but it's awesome. Do not knock. No, that new album is great by Halloween, by the way. But uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, this crazy. You know, as bands, it's rare to see a band like the Stones or Metallica that just keep that cohesive unit so tight it's really crazy to see that for so many years man it, it is so right um so yeah. there's just some bands that just have a lot of factions and breakups and at least we still got their music though <laughs> yeah true. true very true very true all right well let's uh move this thing to track number four it's called could i have been so blind
could I have been so blind? Once again, it's going to be just a slight slip, step down from the previous song. I think this this song, if I listen to it closely, it's got some riffs that are rehashed from Jealous Again in it. Um, and I get it. It's the shuffle. It's that blues rock shuffle mm-hmm. through the guitar. And that's what I'm hearing. And don't get me wrong, countless artists do this. ZZ it's top, it's yeah, well probably <laughs> uh, no they're 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 pure leave them alone they're not part of this yeah, conversation they, they did that shuffle a lot they and, do you know they do. probably some rehash and rehash, but they love it regardless right it's still it's still a very good song I think that um, we're about to see a turn for the tide here in a second and um, I do think this is a very good song and that's where I see it at I think it's a, a solid seven I didn't see any any better and any worse um, it's not one I would skip if that makes you guys feel better I didn't say you know it was that bad but I do like the guitar stuff of course I'm a guitar guy the guitar solos are not going to blow you away on this album the slide guitar work will and that's where I'm going to stand I do dig it I gave it a seven Chris what do you think about could I've been so blind yeah, I think it's a solid tune. Uh, it's definitely like a mid-tempo kind of rock, sure. if you will. It's a very in the pocket, it feels oh, like, yeah. the whole time. Uh, honestly, it, it's, to me, it feels like one of the more polished songs on the album. I, I could have seen them maybe thinking this was going to be a radio single when they cut it. I don't know. Ah, That's, uh, interesting I mean, it feels take. that way to me. Uh, I think it's, yeah, I, I'm a little higher than you, Jimmy. I gave it an eight. I mean, I don't think it's the best song on the album. And, but that said, I think it's a good, solid tune. I mean, kind of right in the middle of the pack on this album. Sure. Fair enough. Anthony, give us some facts on what do you think about <laughs> Could I Have Been So Blind? I'm just curious to hear what they're playing and all that stuff on this. Well, this one's 38th all time with 145 plays. Uh, so it, it's not one of the big ones. So Your theory of a single was shot down just now. <laughs> I'm not saying. It, look, I think when they recorded, it, they might have thought this is something I, we could I, play do. I don't know. It I just played. felt polished like that to me. I'm playing. I mean, I wrote that. I, I like it. It's not a standout. Uh, certainly not a terrible song. It has a lot of great things going on with it. Um, just not as don't like it as much as some of the other ones. But it's definitely not a skipper. It's still a solid song, man. I gave it a seven too. This is probably Dang. my lowest song. This is is my lowest. After here, it just climbed straight back up. So. Uh, Seven. This is where it hit the bottom for me on the album. So, very good, very good. Now we're going to go to track number five. It's called "Seeing Things." Chris, go ahead.
right, seeing things. So here we are with, I guess it's not a ballad, but it's definitely a slower paced song. And you guys know how I feel about this garbage. Um, so, <laughs> Fine. But, Fine. but hang on. Be hang a on. hater. Normally, normally I don't dig the slow stuff. Um, however, there's something about the sound of, it sounds like a, a tinge of desperation in the vocals of Chris's um, delivery. Um, I do. I, you know what? I'm not a huge piano guy, but I love the piano in this song because it's it's absolutely it's actually riffing it up in a slow in a slow manner, so to speak, in this song. I, I don't even know how to explain it. This song reverberated with me for some reason. I think it's outstanding. I think this is my sleeper this week. I gave this one a nine. I think it's an excellent song. And that's what I mean. This uh, is one that surprised me. <laughs> I, dude, I think it's an excellent tune. I gave it a nine and it's not like the other songs on this record at all. So. If that tells y'all anything, that's where I stand. Chris, what did you think about seeing things? Uh, it's probably the bluesiest song of the night. Yeah, right, right. Uh, there's just so much soul in those vocals, man. Uh, Chris does nail it, and I agree. The piano, it's like, you're. I, I don't know how to put my finger on it either. Some people can play the piano, and it's just like, that sits there. Some people, it just livens the song up, and it really does for these guys on this. Love those background vocals. The ladies he pulls in on that album, they, yeah. they crush those background right, vocals. Right. I mean, it's straight blues. I mean, it really is. And this song reminds me a, a lot of a song from the 70s. I'm going to play you all a little clip of this and see if... Every time I heard this, I was like, damn it. Okay, well, here we go. <laughs> Give it a shot. Oh, yeah. I hear it, Chris. Oh, my God. You're exactly right. This, this is a blatant ripoff. <laughs> Someone start the Wonder Years I don't episode. care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I do love this song, too. And that is fantastic, I mean, it, it doesn't remind you so much of that. Now, I wow. will say, wow. when I actually pulled the click, it's a little it's a little faster than the seeing sure. things is pace-wise. But, man, it just, it's got that vibe all over it. Right. I feel like I'm a little low on it. I gave it an eight, but I think I'm going to bump it to eight and a half. I, hey, cool. It's a great song, man. It really is. And, and this was a single, which Anthony pointed out to me. I do not remember this being on I, radio at all. I saw but, the same uh, thing. I don't yeah, remember yeah. it either, but hey. It was a decent single. It didn't do pretty good for him, single-wise. It was, it was the last so. release. It was the last song released as far as singles go in 91. So this album had been out for a full year. I think a full year and a half before it came out. And... You know what? They had the singles I see that were released were, you know, obviously outstanding. Right. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I missed this one out as a single back in the day. So I did not remember this at all on the radio ever. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I knew this album well, so <laughs> it surprised right, me right, when right. I heard that. Yeah. Well, Anthony. Yeah. Seeing things. What do you think? <laughs> well, man, I you know I really love the sound of it. Uh, the way it starts, the way it grooves, the way it ebbs and flows. It's a beautiful bluesy ballad that. Like you guys have said, Chris is just, his vocals are so powerful and it's ridiculous. Uh, it's yeah. just, the band sounds great too. It, there's no complaints at all in this one. Other than concert plays, 21st all time, man, with 299 plays. It needs to be a little higher. But Well, uh, <laughs> I think it would require the uh, backing vocals to make Probably the song would. as powerful Probably. as it is. And that Good may point. be one of the choices yeah. that they Probably. can't make 
unless they had some kind of full. They might be doing it on this tour. I don't know. Yeah, they but, are. Uh, they have. You know they have I mean? a ton of people on the stage during okay. this tour. Yeah. That would make sense because yeah. I, they're they're actually a huge band. Believe it or not. I mean, we all know that, but so. they're a huge freaking band. So yeah, I'm gonna drop all a nine right. on it. It's an excellent song, man. I'm I'm really digging. Fantastic. Like I said, the album really starts climbing for me from this point forward. So. Very cool, very cool. Let's move us up to track number six. This is going to be a hard one to judge. Hard to handle. So mama, I'm sure all the hand and I just around Cause a mama, I'm sure all the hand and I just around. Gonna get out of the song right when it starts to get good. I love it. It happens all the time. Man, all I can say is, you know, from that drum intro, you know you're in for something special. I mean, it just it starts off like, wow, this is gonna be good. And then, by the way, the second verse was getting ready to kick in, not the guitar solo. In case you were wondering, oh, is that what? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Nonetheless, it sounds. This song is an amazing song. Jackass. The uh, the bass grooves, the guitar tone, it absolutely rocks. I this is probably my shortest review. It's absolutely iconic. I love everything about this song. It's been one of my favorite Black Crow songs since in since I first heard it back in '90. I love it. Ten, Chris. You know, uh, it's interesting. When we did the ACDC review a while back, uh, you you said about the song, You Shook Me All Night Long. Uh, you pretty much, you had a love-hate relationship with it, I'd say, I guess. Right. I guess. I kind of feel the same way about this song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, there's no denying. This is an iconic song. And, and instrumentally, I love it. Band just rocks like hell. Uh, it's catchy and it has a lot of swagger to it. It's a little overplayed. Uh, that said, there's something about the vocals that I don't know if it's the cadence he uses or what. It's I've always found it slightly annoying, to be honest with you. Wow. I'm not going to deny this is a 10. This is a 10. This is a huge hit for these guys. I begrudgingly give it a 10. It's definitely my least favorite of the, the iconic wow. hits as far as that goes. Really? I don't know. It's just never stuck with me, but... That said, I'm not going to give it anything other than a 10 because that's obviously dude, what it is. I respect it. That's great. Yeah. I just, wow, I'm shocked. And There's certain songs like that. They just, I don't know, man. Just never no, resonate with it. me. There are going to be songs for, and everybody, I'm Anthony, what do you think about it? <laughs> Hard to handle, my friend. Well, I'm kind of a little bit opposite of Chris. I mean, he was, uh, I said it's a killer tune from start to finish. And I said this is the kind of song that could make you a fan. Because, you know, I know Chris said that kind of offset him a little bit. And I was like, well, you know, this is the kind of tune, man. It's upbeat, funky, it grooves, killer chorus. 
Really, really like it. It's easily iconic. It's a 10. Uh, I think this is the kind of song you play for a person that's not into the Black Crows and that you never know you might become a fan afterwards. It's that good a song. Uh, it's number five all time with 931 plays. And according to Setlist FM, this is an Otis Redding cover, and I didn't know that. So I don't know if you guys knew that yeah. or not. So uh, I didn't check out his cover version of it, but yeah, I didn't realize that. So Yeah, killer killer song um now let's go to the next track it's called thick and thin chris So this is one of these faster paced songs on this record. I mean, the guitar sounds great as usual, but for some reason, this song never really struck a nerve with me. I, it almost sounds generic to me, but I, I don't mean it in a bad way. I still think it's a very good song. It just, this is my least favorite song on the album. I'm at a seven. Chris? 300%, man. Chris is flush. Wow. Okay, this podcast is now over. I can't deal with this anymore. We're done. Dude, seven is still very good. I'm oh not my God, seven. Is, the seven is not a problem. It's the flush that's bugging me on this one. Let's hear it, Chris. Flush. It. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I've been waiting a while to use that, Anthony. I've had it on the, on the soundboard. Like Why is this your flush? Oh Go ahead and tell me. God. You're ridiculous. Uh, because that. it's my lowest rated song of the night. Uh, that said, I do think it's a good song. I'm, here's my notes. All right. Uh, it's definitely a toe tapper. I get like a 50s Chuck Berry vibe to it. Uh, I will say it, it feels like it's lacking a little something. And yeah, I, I didn't write generic, but I kind of had that feel in my mind. And more than anything, I can't understand like a quarter of the words the guy said. Or I can only understand maybe 25% of the words he says in the whole song. It's so like slurred you can't really understand what he's singing uh it's still a solid tune man i, I mean it's it's a, the worst song on a great album in my opinion uh but i gave it a seven as well yeah hey fair enough very good yeah Anthony, apparently you don't do you listen to death it? metal very <laughs> often you can't understand half of those guys saying it's still great music. he doesn't listen that's it he does not listen no to i don't i don't listen to death metal at all <laughs> there's some great important. tunes out there man <laughs> Absolutely, you're missing out, Chris. Oh my god, uh, guys, this is one of my sleeper hit of the week right here. Wow, I really like this song. Um, it's very catchy. I agree. It is yeah. a catchy. Tune, I don't just have a bunch to say about it other than that, but this is one awesome tune. One that I would love to just turn on and dance around the house to. 
I couldn't stop my foot from tapping while listening to it. I love the guitar and piano throughout the song and the bits of bass as well. Uh, it's 12th all time with 536 plays. Well deserved. Man, I dropped a solid nine on this one. This is an excellent, excellent tune. And I'm really digging it. I'm just really surprised. Chris gave it a flush. I really... <laughs> well, some, some had to get the flush, man. I mean, that's, that's what boils down See, to. See, when my it's, lowest it's rated song wasn't a flush, I was like, oh God, what's Chris going to flush this week? Because I knew everything beyond that was eights to tens. And I was like, oh goodness. He's going to hate on what I liked, I guarantee you. So... <laughs> And he did. <laughs> Odds are good. The prophecy was true. <laughs> was. All right. Here we go. Track number eight. It's called She Talks to Angels. Hate this song so much. Not. <laughs> she paints her eyes as black as night now. She pulls those shades down tight. This is one of those songs that I don't even know what to say about. It is, there's so many things that's going through my mind on this song. And I, Anthony, I hope you got some song facts on this. Please tell me you do, because to me, I didn't look anything up on this, but I'm going to tell you what my first impression of this song was when I was a kid, and it still sticks with me to this day. I never looked this up. This song makes me feel sad. It makes me feel like we're hearing a story about somebody who's falling deep into dementia or some kind of drug-fueled insanity. And it, it's still a grabbing song. Obviously, this song, before we, I, there's no fear this is a 10 because the song is absolutely fantastic. One of the few Black Crow songs I know how to play on guitar. It's always been a great song in my mind, but I've always w- wondered where did this song come from in the hearts of the, of the Robinson brothers and what did, what did it mean? I didn't want to look it up because I wanted you to be able to tell me, and I'm glad you're able to do it tonight. It's a 10, guys. It's a dark, dark song, at least I think it is. And, man, it just hits you right in the right spot. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, not necessarily, obviously not very poppy, but this was a single, <laughs> and it was an outstanding single. Chris, what did you think about it? Yeah, I think lyrically it's a masterpiece. I mean, that's uh, lyrically one of the best songs on this album, probably one of their best songs at all ever. Uh, instrumentally, it's extremely solid. Uh, you know, I read something, uh, 
about this, Rich Robinson was 15 years old when he wrote the song. Really? Oh, it's an easy riff. That makes sense. The riff, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure Chris put the vocals to it. Maybe later, I don't know. But my 15 years I mean, old, it's amazing. It. Hey, man, when you got it, you got it. <laughs> That's all I can say. I know. Hell, it probably yeah, vocally, he recorded this, wasn't he? What's that? Was he 18 when he recorded this? I mean, yeah, I'm not sure how old they were, kids, were but, but he wrote yeah. those riffs when he's 15 years old with this song. Uh, vocally, yeah, Chris just knocks it out, man. That The lyrics that, that are with this song, with that mournful sound in his voice. I mean, I don't know 100%. I'm sure Anthony's going to tell us here, but I always thought it was either about a, a girl they knew it was either a drug addict or maybe somebody was mentally ill, one of the two. Um, I mean, whatever it is, she was clearly a train wreck. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty much the way right. it goes. And, you know, it's weird because I think through our, all our lives, we've known people that we could kind of associate this song with as far as that goes. So everybody like listening to this probably can put this song on like a person they've known in their lives and, and like uh, resonate with it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No doubt. It's a 10. I think it's probably the best song the band's ever written. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm giving it a 10. Yeah. Awesome. Anthony, talk to us about uh, She Talks to Angels. Please. Yeah, it's a 10. It's iconic, man. You know, I love the song. Everything works from the opening acoustic intro to the way Chris delivers on the vocals. Band is on point. I think this song is probably one of the better ballads to come out of the 90s. I mean, it would probably be in yeah. the top 10 of ballads from the 90s in my mind. I can't think of a few that are, you know, as great just like that. You know, only one that comes to mind right off the bat is the Metallica one, the celeb ballad they had. But um eighth all time was 712 plays so pretty high in concert really no flaws but you're going to find some interesting stuff out in song facts i found i pulled a a bit of information on it so it said during vh1's the black crow storytellers lead singer chris robinson explained that this song is not about one person but rather a hot dog as he put it (laughs) a hot hot dog dog of people (laughs) that they know from the atlanta club scene in their early days. Not all the best parts, explained Chris, or the best parts for you. Chris says that there was always a girl in the club scene back then with really dark makeup. After thinking about her one day, he scribbled the lyric, she paints her eyes as black as night. He then went on to write an entire biography, completely made up, by the way, about her in the form of the song that then became She Talks to Angels. And it gets even more interesting. In an interview with Chris Robinson, who wrote this song with his bandmate, Rich, he said, She Talks to Angels is a funny song and that so many people resonate with it. The dark, the dark details like drugs and things like that will be a part of growing up and being in this world. But when I wrote that song, I had no idea. I hadn't done any of those things. I haven't lived that. Everything was in my imagination. And one more quick little song facts thing. The Christian band Third Day has a song about the Black Crows that references this song and others. It's called Blackbird and imitates their style. The song says that Third Day really likes the Black Crows music, but they essentially need Jesus in their lives. There's a lyric in Blackbird that says, You say to talk to angels, well, I say it's such a lie. (laughs) So, Third Day dropping some hate bombs on them, I guess, but... uh, I thought it was interesting to, uh, you know, to hear that song was really just completely made up. It was about really nothing in general, just a great story about people he sees in the club. And, you know, sometimes the great, great writers, they just need a little bit of inspiration. They can make you think of one thing and never even experience it. So, you know. 
that's dude, true. It's, it's definitely, it, it's almost like, I, I don't know how song facts can get it, but it almost like this is a true story of something going on that they know about. Right. Maybe this is something that'll come out later in life that they'll actually say, yeah, this was my mom or this was my right. cousin. Right. You know what I mean? Because this is, I mean, you're right. The great writers can do it, Anthony, right. for sure, because it seems so believable. It seems so real. You're just like, this one hits you right in the feels and you're like, oh God. Yeah. And it's such a, such yeah, I wonder, a great because I had seen kind of in passing a story. It was about some goth girl they knew that was a heroin that's addict. So that's, I, I wonder if you get different stories from different band members on that's that. That's what I was going to say. I've heard, I mean, I've heard it was about drug addiction. I don't know the details. I was going to let I Anthony just, tell that, but that's what I'd heard too. So Yeah, I, I do. I mean, like I said, it's almost like, because when you think of somebody talking to angels, you know what? There's two things going on. Either it's a holistic experience or they're going into dementia. And plus the part of the line where when the pain comes, you know, like right. gives a smile when the pain comes. I mean, that clearly put a needle in your arm. I mean, like that exactly. makes sense. So, that does make know. sense for heroin. But hey, nonetheless, no matter how you take this song, it's a great song. And it's a story that that absolutely makes you think about people you may have known people you may not have known people you've heard about and yeah i mean this is that's real that's real life in in any kind of major city for sure you probably couldn't walk two blocks in atlanta and not see something like this honestly <laughs> True. probably yeah. this day and time especially all right well let's get out of the somber and go into a little blues track number nine it's called strutting blues chris First of all, I love the rocking guitar throughout this song. The riff is just absolutely incredible. After hearing this, the slow, somber, uh, she talks to angels and going to this rocker was absolutely a great move. However, this rocker will never live up to how that she talks to angel hit you. Sometimes placement is everything in an album. I'm going to talk about placement of this song. I think the song could close this record better than the next song. This song is outstanding. I don't know, Chris. I, I love this the next song. Next song's fantastic. Man. The next song is good, but it ain't. It ain't. I just don't think it's as good as Strutting Blues. I am at an eight and a half on this. I think it's an almost an excellent song. It's somewhere between great and excellent, and I'm there, eight and a half. Chris, what do you think about Strutting Blues? Uh, it's a solid tune. Uh, it's very much middle of the road for me. Uh, it was between this or Thick and Thin for my flush. Quite. Oh honestly. wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, what's that? Wow. Said it should have been Steric Cold. <laughs> the flush yeah no, uh, Holt's fantastic. No, no, I, I, we'll get to I'm that. just playing with you <laughs> we'll get I'm to that with you. I'm still frustrated <laughs> over that uh, flush so you know <laughs> it's a toe tapper uh, that said and, and Chris's vocals are strong even though it's a little hard yet again to understand him sometimes uh, that said it's a seven and a half for me I think it's between very good and great uh, okay. it's a good song it's just kind of middle of the road for me I don't dislike it but it's not one of my favorites either Fair enough. Anthony, what do you think about it? Yeah, stare at Coleman. I dropped an eight on it. I think it's a great song. 
It's a, uh, we're on strutting, strutting, strutting blues, blues, sir. Strutting blues. Okay. Well, okay. I'm sorry. Are we on strutting blues or stare at coal? Because strutting, strutting blues. Did my Apple Music mess me up this week? Well, I guess it they did. did. It probably. That, did. A, that app has been doing <laughs> weird stuff. On I don't know if it does it on yours or not. If you guys ever use Apple Music, but they had stare at cold as the the song here. Then then strutting blues. Well, really? Yeah. Did you? Get I can the, promise you. I had. Did you get the hidden track? They closed with "Stare It Cold." Okay. Do either one of y'all get to listen to the hidden track? At the end of "Stare It Cold." I don't know. I don't oh, know. I don't think so. No, oh, I don't think it was on. There's okay. an extra song on this record. All right. Okay. We'll we'll get into so that. we're on right, strut and so. blues right now. If anybody listening, yes, we so. are strut and blues. Sorry, right it, it, strut and blues. It, when I listen to the music, I just write down the song while I'm listening to it. So, well, I, yeah, same here. I mean, it's easy if if Apple Music three astray. They've I, done I some it. weird stuff on their app this week. I don't know what's going. Really, on. Go back to Spotify. I don't being that way. Maybe Drop it that is. Apple Music crap. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I got an iPhone. I got a HomePod <laughs> Mini. They work perfect with Apple Music. So. Tell them. Under, Tell them. Understand. Preach, man. So, uh, right, let's get on to the song. Strut and Blues. Okay. I dropped an eight on it anyways. It's a great song. <laughs> so they're both eights. Um, um, this song is a straight up Rolling Stone song, and that isn't a negative. Even the title is a very stone sounding title. It's another solid tune on an album full of solid tunes. Uh, it's an upbeat tune that really rocks. Digging it. Great way. I said great way to end the album. So I was totally off on this one, but, uh, 57th all time with 98 plays. So, yeah, it's solid tune. Oh, Lord. So, but the other one's also Anthony, a great song to end the album on, too. So, <laughs> the uh, Strutting Blues on mine is showing that it's on my Apple Music shows that it's track number nine and track number 10, Stare It Cold. But mine's like the, the, I don't know if y'all can see that or not. It may okay. not come in clear at all. I don't, it could have been me. Terrible. It's just bright. It's it was bright. Friday morning. It, yeah, I see. It. Yeah. It was Friday morning. So, who knows? <laughs> Been drinking, a little heroin. I got you. I get it. Ryan's it's cool, tired, man. man. Whatever it takes to get through the day. So, All right. So let's roll this up to the last official track on this record. It's called Stare It Cold, Chris. <laughs> don't necessarily agree with the closing it is an outstanding song when it comes to closing the record i feel like i could have moved it in another place that's just my opinion um it's a great blues riff it rocks the drummer is absolutely killing it in this song 
that slide guitar is absolutely sick. It's probably the best slide guitar on here. Now, this is a song that could have started this album out, just so you know. This could have been the number one track on this album and hit you just as hard as Twice as Hard. But because of the iconic nature of Twice as Hard being a single and this one not being a single, and I hope they, I don't know the playlist on this one, I hope they play this one regularly because it does kick ass. I saw this one as a extremely solid song. I think it's great. I'm at an eight. I border. I probably should have went eight and a half, possibly nine, because it is a great song. Um, but that's where I see it. I see it as an eight, and it's it's a heck of a way to end this album. But there is a hidden track after this, and I can't believe y'all didn't bring it up. All right, Chris, stare it cold. I don't think that hidden track was on Spotify. It like ended and just went. It was over, so it must have been on the CD back in the day. And it, I kind of remember that, but uh, yeah, anyway, we can talk about that in a little bit. I, yeah, I get some like cold gin kiss vibes yeah. on that riff, man. That and then the slide guitar kicks in. It's fantastic, man. I mean, musically, this is one of the, or instrumentally, this is one of the best songs on the album. It really is. I, I think this is my sleeper of the night because I don't remember enjoying this one quite as much as back in the day as I, as I do now. I mean, gosh, such a good song. A lot of swagger in the vocals. Bands just firing on all cylinders. I give it a nine. And, you know, it's one of these things, like we said, leave them wanting more. This exactly did that. And the next album, the way that those two start, I mean, if you just start listening from one to two, like, what's it, uh, Sting Me and Remedy back-to-back after this? I mean, my God, such a good album. That that second one was, too. Yeah. It's like they didn't miss a beat as soon as they kicked in the next album, you know? so. So you're saying you're fanboy of the song. I'm fanboying it. It's a nine. It's an excellent <laughs> song. It, I know it wasn't. It. This could have been a single as well. I agree it with that. It should have been a single. Yeah. That, this is a, it's a great song. It's a great song. All right. Anthony, bring us down. Tell us what the playlist is on this thing. It's <laughs> actually thir- 13th all time with 534 Good. plays. So, uh, all right. You know, they've been uh, staring at Cole pretty often, it seems like. Uh, you know, it's another bluesy groover, man. Get your body moving, digging it. Not much to say about it other than that. I like it a lot. No complaints. Bam, once again, is killing it. Love the guitar solo, and uh, I love the excessive use of tambourine. You don't get enough tambourine in songs these days. so Not a factual statement. Not a factual statement. <laughs> it's an eight. It's great. <laughs> so anyway, I give it an eight. It's great. So Cool. Yeah, we're on the same it's, page on and that. And that yeah, is and a great way to close. Either one of these songs <laughs> closes the album great, but that's a great way to close the right. album too. So. It is a great. It is, honestly, the more I think about it, the more it is probably a better choice. But man, it's... It, I don't know, man. I, I did like Strutting Blues. I love that song. I don't know what it is. Something grabby about it. But hey, it's just how I feel about it. All right. There was a hidden track on this back in the day, and it's only about a minute long, and it's it's garbage. So you don't have to talk about it. You guys <laughs> didn't miss nothing. It was called, uh, was it Sweet Mercy Moan or something like that? Really? Or Mercy Sweet Moan. Yeah, it's about a minute long. It's And it's just one of those little play things they did back in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> you know, everybody did a little something, something here and there. Nonetheless, wow. What a record for this week. What a walk back into some nostalgia for me as well. As I told you all at the beginning of this, I'm going to summarize my thoughts of this record. Uh, 1990 was a heck of a year for me. Obviously, I went through that fire at my home when I was a kid. Uh, well, a young adult. I was, what, 17 when that happened. Um, but this is one of those albums that, one of the first albums that I ended up picking up again once my mom was able to buy some stuff. And, and um, holy crap. You know, it was... Uh, it's just a great blues album. And I don't know what would have made me pick this back in those days. I have no idea. Maybe it was MTV because these songs were on MTV back in those days. Um, but regardless, man, it's a fun record. This is a, I mean, I, you could almost say this is an iconic record. I don't know because 
this had huge impact on blues rock because if we go back to the blues rock bands Chris follows to this day, they all have a little inspiration from the Black mm-hmm. Crows. There is no denying that. I feel like um, it's absolutely worth your time to listen to it. The slide guitar is fantastic. You're not going to hear blazing fast riffs on this record by no means because it's blues. It's blues rock. It's not Stevie Ray blues. This is just deep, dirty blues rock with slide focus. And I love it. I, I think it's outstanding. My overall score came out to be an 8.7. I'm not okay with that. I think this overall needs to be bumped up to a 9 because it is an excellent album. And if this is your forte, you need to be listening to this. Blues Rock, this is your godfather. And and yeah, really. I think it's same, worth... Exact same score. <laughs> it's, it's worth your time to listen to this record. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Although it's not one of my... You know, obviously I'm the metal guy. This is still worthy of your listen because... There's something about it that works, hits me in the right spot. 8.7, I bump into 9. Chris, final assessment. Well, <laughs> man, you, I'm going to have to start going first on my reviews because you you, you take all my, my talking points away. Uh, yeah, it's – well, here, I, like, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I mean, I think it's uh, – to me, it was a formative album for me. Uh, you guys know how I feel about blues rock, and this was probably the first blues rock album I ever really got into as a kid. I uh, loved it from the the beginning. Uh, the slide guitar, and that's tremendous. Chris Robinson, he's one of the best vocalists out there for for this kind of music, uh, and he and his songwriting too, man. He, lyrically, he's really solid, man. Especially that talks to angels, but a whole lot of the album it felt that way to me. It's it's very well crafted music. And Rich is a, is a pretty solid guitarist. I like his guitar tone a lot of the time. Uh, you know, the riffs are, are pretty good. I mean, sometimes I feel like the riffs may be, like I said, that cold gin. I, I get that that type of riff a lot. Anthony pointed out the comparisons to the Stones. I can hear that, too, in the music, especially with, like, the, the what he was, uh, open G or something. I don't yeah. know, like, the, the chords they use and stuff like that. I, it does sound a bit like the Stones with that. I get that. Man, those aren't bad guys to emulate when you get right down to it especially when you throw the piano and the organ like they do in there and they make it their own. And, and that's the thing about a band. If, if you know them immediately, when you hear either from guitar tone or vocals, dude, you're going to stand the test of time if you can do that. So those guys did that great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I got an 8.7 for me too, but I'm rounding it to a nine. I almost feel like a nine and a half might be at right here because I mean this to them, they're touring on just this album. You know, that's how much they think about it. Uh, and it th- I think it did uh, influence a lot of blues rock guys uh, down the road as well. You know, the newer guys out there. So, But I'm going to stick with a nine. That's what I wrote down. It's it's an excellent album. Hey, valid points, man. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Anthony, bring it on home for us. Final assessment of this classic Shake Your Money Maker. My uh, stats came out to 8.8, ironically. It's almost on point with you guys. And I too am going to round it to a nine, and like Jimmy said, maybe a ten. I mean, it's a it's not only an excellent album; it has a lot of iconic stature to it. Those some of these songs are they're going to be around for a very long time, um, probably long after we're gone. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. So I wrote that um, I listened to this one a lot more than just this one week. Love the sound of it, and I'll admit to groaning in my head a bit when Chris picked it last week. But after giving it a bunch of listens, and I'm glad I did finally get a chance to listen to it. It's really, really good. It's nice to discover music um, that you kind of avoid it throughout your life. Um, so, Anthony, to be to, to be fair, don't not to butt in here, but 
the two times you've groaned when I picked a blues rock album, it's been ZZ Top and this. So what does that tell you? You should, you should trust my uh, my picks so, when we're going man. blues rock, man. I, but you know, the older I get, the more I'm opening up to stuff and uh, trying to trying to expand myself. I've always been such a closed minded person when it comes to to music. I mean, I, I guess I've been a little more open minded than I, some other people, but. I'm starting to open no, Anthony, I'm the same way. So. Don't feel bad. I'm the same way in a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I'm closed-minded because I'm, you know, I'm always been more metal-oriented. But then, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm glad I had some roots in some of this other stuff. But, so yeah, that's man, why, like it. I told Chris, I love doing this podcast because I would have never picked this. I would never listen to this album. I would have never in my lifetime thought, I'm going to throw in the Black Crows today and listen to them. Or the Black Keys, which he told me about. Or Dan Auerbach, which he's told, you know, done. So, I'm... Because of him telling me about camp, I discovered Dawes, which is one of my favorite new bands right now. So just great to open your mind to the new stuff, man. And Agreed. Agreed. Plus, how many times now, can you hear Every Rose Has Its Thorn? I mean, seriously, as great as that exactly. sounds. Not many. <laughs> I still yeah. love the skip. Skip. It's not a skip. skip, but I'm just saying, man. It's just. Always a skip. I've heard those all my life. It's changed the channel. Kind of I, I will say this, Anthony. I was kind of <laughs> expecting you to say one thing in particular after you heard this album. And I didn't hear that. We didn't have the chat this week because we, we've kind of gone away from giving away our secrets for the re- record reviews throughout the week on our chat. Um did this lead you to listen to any other Black Crows? Because after, I'm telling you, after Monday or Tuesday, I was going through their entire discography again because I hadn't heard it all in, in a long time. And those records are very, very, very good. Yeah, I'm just curious are. if you actually dove deep. Because no. sometimes you will do a deep dive. Sometimes I will. The funny thing was, man, I discovered a Pearl Jam album this week. And I've been listening to that three or four times. <laughs> I, I stumbled onto this I'm sorry, I did. I stumbled onto this podcast episode <laughs> from the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast talking about 10. And I dusted that album off, and I've listened to it like three times already this week. And I've been surprised by it. But I do want to go back and dive into a few more, at least their next album, The Black Crows, to see what it sounds yeah. like. Cause I remember oh, Remedy. A, Remedy was a killer song. The next album is really good. Oh, my God. The next album is arguably as good as this one, maybe yeah. just a hint better. It's a great software. I stumbled off onto that one that. It's a great album, Chris. area great this album. week, so I didn't get a chance to dive into some of the other stuff. But I think I'm going to go listen to the right. next one after this episode's over. So Very good. You won't be disappointed. It's fantastic. All right. So, guys, I'm glad. I, I mean, I'm obviously glad we reviewed it because it's, it's one in my history. Um, but nonetheless, let's move forward. Anthony, I know this is your time to to shine, my friend. What next month? We're, we're taking next weekend off. We're going to throw out maybe a couple little Halloween style episodes, just kind of to throw it out there to keep you guys uh, something to listen to next weekend. But the month of November, collectively, we're celebrating some country music. Our first country music pick for the first week in November, or the first weekend in November. Is going to be Anthony's pick. How are we going to start this thing off, Anthony? Like, well, hold on, let me play the music now. <laughs> oh, Don't my bad. Jumping the gun here. <laughs> Sorry. Go for it. <laughs> and in this corner, weighing in at approximately 180 pounds, the Ace of Apex, the Italian Stallion, the Ballad Boy. It's Anthony with his pick of the week. So we're diving into country with this artist that I'm picking, man, this dude was up there with Garth Brooks for me in the nineties. I had every single album by this guy from the time he released his first album to probably early two thousands. And uh, it's an album that I love. It's Clint Black's Killing Time. 
And there oh, are some oh, very fabulous, fabulous songs. He's up there with Randy Travis, Garth Brooks, some of those guys I used to love to listen to back in the day. So, yeah, man, I stopped around 2000, I guess, collecting his albums. But, uh, yeah, Killing Time. Yeah, I got, I got a, you surprised me. I fully expected George Strait to come out of your mouth. So, well, this, is, yeah, this will be good. Jimmy had mentioned about George Strait, so I'll figure I'd leave it to him in case I he wants to. I might do that. I have two that I'm probably going to way out Let's and we'll, we'll probably go country again at some point it'd be fun to dive into well, country a little more just so a you guys different, know different i'm not going to the 90s i know both of y'all probably will but uh i'm, uh, I'm going either older or newer i got two in my mind and uh that sounds good we'll see so but you know country's something country i grew fun. up on i don't know if you guys have you had around it was around my house a lot john denver was huge in my house i still listen to john denver and he's more of that Folky See, country. I don't consider stuff. him country, man. He's yeah. kind of, I think he's a folk guy. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah but he was around. My folky, dad, poppy. We listened to you know all the other kind of country stuff in my house. Conway Twitty and John Conley. Was yes, a, John Conley, Miss Emily's picture. I mean, come on, that kind of stuff. When that was playing in my house all the time. So, anyways, yeah, should be fun. That's awesome. This all should right. be fun, and it's good to branch out and <laughs> pull some country albums this yeah, month. So we'll probably. It should be. I'm looking forward to hearing y'all's uh, picks, and yeah, uh, we got Anthony. I think you'll enjoy Clint Black's. It's a really good. I song. remember this album. Yeah, it, I think it'll be a good one. I do too. I remember I the song for sure. Yeah, it was a solid one. A lot of good iconic all right. songs on there. So with that being said, Anthony, what do you got going on this week? Uh, song lines and tan lines is doing a Halloween episode, so I've got a couple of Halloween songs. I actually pulled an episode from my Nightlight Tales talking about my ghost stories and stuff. So it's going to be a little longer episode, but should set the mood perfectly. And we're going to do some bonus stuff here, me and Jimmy, for some Halloween yeah. stuff. So everybody can have some Halloween fun next week on either, either podcast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, guys. Well, this one has been a great, great week. I look forward to uh, catching up with you guys and hearing what your thoughts are on this Clint Black pick. I can't wait. So, as we end it, boys, Chris, once again, happy birthday. Yep. Enjoy it, my Thank friend. I, uh, <laughs> I hate that uh, it's Sunday and we can't really go out and do anything this afternoon, but uh, or this evening, I should say. But nonetheless, we'll catch up maybe next weekend. For Audible Ecstasy Podcast, this is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. This is it. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week when we review the album Killing Time from Clint Black. We'll see you then.